essays five and six of the romance of the commonplace by gillette burgess this librivox recording is in the public domain essay five the art of playing time was when we made our own toys when a piece of twine a spool a few nails and a bit of imagination could keep us busy and happy all day long there were no new-fangled iron toys made in germany so tiresome in their inevitable little routine of performance so easily got out of order and so hard metallic and realistic as to be hardly worth the purchase a penny would indeed buy some funny carved wooden thing that aroused a half hour's excitement but it was never quite so alluring as when in the front window of the toy shop such queer animals never became thoroughly acclimated to the nursery and they lost their lustre in a half-holiday the things that gave permanent satisfaction were homemade crude and capable of transformation a railway train might with a small effort of the fancy become a ship or a dragon are there such amateur toy-builders now in this age when everything is perfect and literal when even a box of building blocks contains a book of plans to supply imaginative design to the modern child indeed many children are nowadays too lazy even to do their own playing i have heard of one who was used to sit on a chair and order his nurse to align his nine-pins and bowl them down for him perhaps one notices the lack of creative ability in children more in the city where ready-made toys are cheap and accessible than in the country where the whole world is full of wonderful possibilities for entrancing pastime nature is the universal playmate perpetually parodying herself in miniature for the benefit of those who love to amuse themselves with her toys every brook is a little river every pond an unfathomable sea she plants tiny forests of fern and raises microscopic mountains in every sandbank. Flowers and plants furnish provender for Lilliputian groceries. The oak showers acorn cups. What wonder we believe, as long as we can, in fairies. And yet, strange to say, it is the city more often than the country child who feels the charm of these marvels. The freshness and the strangeness breed a fascinated wonder it is after flagged pavements and brick walls almost too good to be true the juvenile rustic is more familiar with nature it is his business to know when the flowers come where the berries ripen and birds nest it is scarcely play to him it is a science to be applied to his personal profit the woods and rivulets are his familiar domain to be forayed and hunted specifically for gain and this though it is delightful is not play for him there is no glamour over the fields until long after when his native countryside has become inaccessible perhaps the art of playing is after all a matter more of temperament than environment for one sees at times good sport even in the city streets though it is rare nowadays i had my own full share of it for my youth was an age of pure romance my clan had its own code and its own traditions every man of us had his suit of wooden armour his well-wrought weapons and his fiery steed we were all for scott we had our order small but well up in the technique of feudal ways facile in sword-play both with the thin sinewy hard pine rapier and the huge two-handed double-hiked battle-sword that would stand just as high as one's head 
on the brick sidewalks we tilted on velocipedes full in the view of the anxious passers-by capapai and pine sheathed with tin with a shield blazoned with a tiger couchant and inscribed with a latin motto out of the back of the dictionary many a long red lance i shivered and many a wheel i broke on warren avenue i did it opposite the church what would i not give now to see such sight in town instead i watched little boys smoking cigarettes upon the street corners waiting for their girls i knew a youngster too who organized in his town a post office department established letter boxes and a regular service of boy carriers he drew and colored the stamps himself you will find them in few collections though they should have enormous value from their rarity some games are consummate play even though the sport goes awry all too soon it is too great to last it is the older brother who should give finesse to such sport without him complications arise which accomplish at last the ruin of the game many of us do not truly learn to play until it is too late to do so with dignity and to these the appreciation of the young gives a fine excuse for prolonging the diversion we fancy we cannot when grown up play imaginative games for the pure joy of it as does the child we think we must have an ulterior motive yet the father who whittles out a boat for his son often gets more delight than the child who would far rather do it himself no matter how much more crudely accomplished the theatre is the typical play for grown-ups the name itself play is significant of the unquenchable tendency of youth and this reminds me of a most amusing case where two grown-ups dared to be absolutely ingenuous it was upon a honeymoon when if ever adults have the right to yield to juvenile impulses as the groom was titled and the bride fair society took it ill that the two should retire to their country house and deny access to all neighbours one at last called too important to be denied admittance by the servants and the astonished visitor discovered the happy pair stretched over the dining-room table training flies whose wings had been clipped to pull in a harness of threads little paper wagons this had been their absorbing occupation for ten blissful days an important element of play seems to be the doing of things in miniature see stevenson for instance prone upon the floor involved in romantic campaigns massing his troops of ten soldiers occupying strategic positions in hall and passage skirmishing over the upstairs roads of the third class impassable for artillery intercepting commissary trains laboring up from the base of operations in the kitchen deploying cavalry screens upon the rug and outmaneuvering the wily foe that defends the veranda both being bound by the strict treaties of the play there is your ideal big brother and the game of toy soldiers is glorified into weeks of excitement the japanese immortal children carry the game of diminution to its extreme the dwarfed trees and the excruciating carved ivories are not the only systems of this delightful disease for the perfection of the spirit of play one must see their miniature gardens often the life employment of the owners no matter how small the patch of ground employed every inch is perfect 
pebble by pebble almost grain by grain the area is arranged the tiny rivulet is guided between carefully curved banks wee bridges span the shores little lanterns and pagodas are artfully placed plants and flowers are sown trees planted fishes are domiciled till the garden is a replica of nature at her best each view is a toy landscape and without a scale as seen in a photograph for instance one might think it a garden of the gods and yet there is a sort of play where one may use infinite distances macrocosms for microcosm if one has the courage and the power of visualization these games are purely mental feats of the imagination though not nearly so difficult as might be thought i know a sober workaday lawyer for instance who combines the two methods with extraordinary cleverness his income is not derived solely from his practice i need hardly say you will not catch him at his fascinating diversion for his table is strewn with books and papers and his playthings are not noticeable among the professional litter i have known him to sit for hours gazing at the table and once in his confidence for there is a fraternity of players and one must give the grip and prove fellowship he will tell you that he has shrunk to but an inch in height so that to him his desk seems to be some three hundred feet long by a hundred feet wide and its plateau is elevated some two hundred feet above the floor as high that is as a church assuming that he has by some miraculous means shrunk to one-fiftieth of his stature the size of everything visible is of course increased in a like proportion his diverting occupation under this queer state of things is to explore his little domain and exist as well as is possible what adventures has he not had there was the terrific combat with a cockroach as big as a dragon which he finally slew with a broken needle there was the dust storm when the caretaker swept and the huge snow crystals like white pie plates that came in when the window was open he had an enormous difficulty in getting water from a glass tumbler and he broke his teeth upon the crystals of sugar that as a lawyer he had been thoughtful enough to strew upon the table for the benefit of himself as an inchling i believe he is now attempting to escape to the floor by means of a spool of thread if he cannot make up his mind to risk a descent by means of a paper parachute it is a world of his own as real to him as the child's toy paradise a retreat immune from the cares of his daily life a never-tiring playground with perpetual discoveries possible he if any one has discovered not only the art of playing but has applied the science as well essay six the use of fools what a dull world it would be if every one were modest discreet and loyal to that conformity which is called good taste if in short there were no fools to keep us amused what would divert us from the deadly routine of seriousness what toy scandal would we have to discuss at dinner what would leaven this workaday world of commonplaces if every one were gifted with common sense is it not when you stop to think of it a bit inconsiderate to discountenance buffoonery and to resent innocently interesting impropriety should we not rather encourage eccentricity with what flattering hypocrisies we may so that we shall never be at a loss for things to smile at and talk about 
a fair sprinkling of fools in the world is as enlivening as a pinch of salt in a loaf of bread they give a relish to life and flavour with a brisk spicery of nonsense what would otherwise be oppressively flat civilised existence if it were always cooked up and served to us by mrs grundy herself would be unpalatable enough but luckily her infallible recipes are not always carried out and a few plums and cloves get into her pudding we may not care to play the part of public jesters ourselves but the least we can do is to be grateful to those who are willing to become absurd for our benefit patronize them daintily therefore lest they backslide in propriety remember that there is such a thing as enjoyment without ridicule to make fun of a person to his face is a brutal way of amusing oneself be delicate and cunning and keep your laugh in your sleeve lest you frighten away your game but there will doubtless always be enough who are willing to play the guy whether we encourage or condemn the fool is a persistent factor in society and yet the common misconception of his status and economic function is silly and unfair with the prig and the crank the fool has been reviled from time immemorial and persecuted out of all reason he is protected by no legislation your fool is always in season and is the target for universal contempt instead of this perpetual fusillade of wits there should be a close season for fools to allow themselves to propagate and grow fearless after which we could make game of them in safety of a full supply since he is in a way the lubricator of the wheels of life a coiner of smiles he should be carefully bred to give the greatest possible amount of diversion he should be trained like an actor that his best points may be brought out he should be paid a salary or kept in livery to amuse the public with no need or excuse for sobriety but until the fool is properly appreciated and his place assured we must put up with the amateurs that haunt the street and drawing-room it is too much to hope for the sight of a zany every time we go outdoors but when we do encounter one what a ray of sunshine gleams athwart our strict fashions poor sober dun slaves to style and custom if we chance upon a woman who dares perpetrate her own radical theories of dress who combines pink with red or commits a gay indiscretion in millinery how superbly she is distinguished for the moment from the ruck and swarm of victims to good taste she is at once an event and a portent the afternoon is quaintly illuminated with a phenomenon and we scan with new interest and expectation the dull and sombre throng how small a deviation from the mode indeed is necessary to provoke a revivifying smile every such unconscious laughing-stock is a true benefactor ministering to our sense of superiority were we never to seek the freaks we would not know how glorious is our own uncompromising regularity truly if we have sufficient conceit every one in the world in a way of thinking may be considered foolish relatively to our own criterion all the world is queer except thee and me said the quaker and even thee is a little queer such praise of fools may seem extravagant or illogical but if it is so it must be not because the fool is not helpful and stimulating in society but because after all he is not so easily identified as one might suppose 
celestine tells me she never calls a man a fool but instead asks him why he does so and in this way she often learns something that is the most disagreeable trait of fools often upon investigation what appears to be genuine nonsense is but the consistent carrying out of a clever and original idea whose novelty alone excites amusement the fool thus cheats us of our due enjoyment by being in the right it seems dishonest of a fool to instruct it is beside the mark and outside his proper sphere and yet even confucius is said to have learned politeness from the impolite to see one's own faults and weaknesses caricatured spoils the laugh that should testify to the folly we cannot be sure either that the ass who amuses us by his eccentric absurdities may not eventually cheat us of the final victory by proving to be but the vanguard of a new custom to which we or our children must perforce in time succumb and fall into line with him far behind only then to count our present attitude foolish and old-fashioned let us therefore laugh while we may for your fool is but a chameleon who refuses to change colour what to-day is arrant silliness may to-morrow be good horse-sense wherefore it is wise to watch fools carefully when you find them lest the sport spoil overnight and you yourself become ridiculous while the fool takes your place as the amused philosopher the word fad they say was derived from the initial letters of the phrase for a day so we the followers of the latest mode and mood are it would seem the true ephemera and the fools who defy the local custom are immortal the fool is merely an anachronism all inventors most poets and some statesmen have been honoured with the title since we laugh chiefly at what we do not understand there are more synonyms for fool than for any other word in the language so we must take our chances and smile at all and sundry at men of one idea hobby writers cranks poseurs managing mammas and antic youths blushing brides and fond parents founders pedants bigots and hens with their heads cut off laugh at them the character parts in the comedy of life for the show is amusing but be not resentful if you find the privilege of laughing is a common right and you in your turn become a victim for strange as it may seem many of these actors may be so foolish as to think you the fool yourself End of essay six.